0: Hey, welcome to Village Church Q&A. I'm Amanda, and I'm here with Pastor Michael. And today, you are going to be answering Just the me, question. Okay. You are doing this because it's a big one. How do I defeat a demon? We need to know the answer to this question.
1: Okay, so I want to go kind of right into it. So demons are spiritual beings, and they must be defeated with spiritual weapons, and they must play by spiritual rules. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, so... If you and me, if I'm going to fight you, right, I'm going to use physical weapons because we're right. physical creatures. I mean, yes, we have a soul, so I could be like, ah, and I could like say really cutting words, right, to your
0: emotionally soul. damaging, right.
1: But you have to, when you think about a demon, understand that they are largely, by and large, almost always going to be confined to to the spiritual realm. Now, if I'm fighting a demon in a person who's possessed, I'm just not interested in that fight. Yeah. You know? Yep. Um, but uh, so. Demons are spiritual beings and they must be defeated with spiritual weapons and must play by spiritual rules. I can't say that enough. Okay. So I'm going to give you five kind of just weapons that you're going to need in your arsenal. Um, and so here, here's number one, it's the Holy Spirit. And this comes when you personally trust in Christ. Everyone who trusts in Christ receives the gift of the Holy Spirit. So when we, when we've talked about this in other podcast on demons, like one of their, one of the things they enjoy would be possessing somebody because that's the space of the Holy spirit. Mm. It's almost like we've used the phrase, it's almost like kidnapping. And so you're taking something that the spirit is jealous for, which is the soul with which he is made um, to worship him and to love him. And so the, the Holy Spirit, you need it. There is no fighting if you don't have the Holy Spirit. Yeah. That is so unbelievably important. When you have the Spirit, there are rules at play that the evil one has to abide by. So let's think about James chapter 4, verse 7, and you have the devil, Satan himself, who is the most powerful of all of the demonic realm. Mm. Even Michael the archangel um, is hesitant to oppose him. That's how powerful mm. he is. So here, here's what James 4, 7 says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Not might, will. Right. So there is a spiritual law. This, this is a rule, it's like gravity. You can't get away from it. Mm-hmm. It is real, it's here. And if you, as a spiritual believer, resist him and stand firm, he is obligated to flee. Mm. Well, people get backwards in their brain is they think to themselves, stand firm against sexual immorality and resist the devil or flee the devil. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. You run from sexual immorality, you pull Joseph and mm-hmm. you stand toe to toe with the devil. Mm-hmm. And the spiritual laws require that he flee from you. Isn't that kind of cool? Mm-hmm. So there's your first weapon. Yeah. You don't run away. You, yeah. you got to make sure you have the Holy Spirit if you don't. Yeah. But if you do, you stand firm, you stand your ground, you have no fear because greater is he who is in you. Than he was in the world so yep. that's that's number one i would tell people you do not need to be afraid of spiritual warfare if you're a believer in if Jesus, you're a believer yep greater is he who's in you than he's in the world number two is prayer and the next two are going to come from ephesians 6 which okay. is the spiritual warfare armor of god mm-hmm. and there's a lot there but there's two i think that are really important because prayer which is the second one is a physical activity that when you do it reverberates into the spiritual realm. Mm -hmm. So there are a few things in this world that though they're physical, they impact the spiritual. Yeah. And gosh, I can't wait to get to heaven and just be like, all right, how does this work? Yeah. Right. Okay. So I pray in Jesus name, I have the spirit and all of a sudden, like there's something, there's a reality that happens here. People give up prayer because they don't see the effects, Mm. but you can't see the spiritual realm. You see the, repercussions of it, but you can't see it. Yeah. And there are things that we pray against that never happened because we prayed against them. And we're like, well, I didn't, I can't see it. Yeah. Yeah. Because you stop something that never happened. How do you measure that? Yeah. And when we get to heaven, we're going to kick ourselves in the rear for mm. all the times we didn't pray because mm-hmm. we didn't see the,
0: and isn't it funny impact. when we do pray consistently and then it happens and we're like,
1: Whoa, oh, it happened. It's like this I thing works. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy talk. So that'd be number two is, Prayer number three, which comes from Ephesians six two, which is the Word, which is called the Sword of the Spirit. Mm. Well, I I love that when Jesus is fasting for forty days and the devil's trying to like trip him up as if he's going to come on, he's so dumb. Right. Anyways, right. Jesus quotes Deuteronomy, I think exclusively to him. Like, who thinks I'm in a war with Satan? I'm going to quote the Word of God. What does the law have to say?
0: <laughs> right. You know?
1: And and Jesus just knows the Word so well. And it's interesting because the devil doesn't like run away. But what Jesus is doing is establishing himself in truth and reality and the yeah. promises of God, mm-hmm. which just reinforces his ability to stand firm. So we have yeah. number one, the spirit, number two, prayer, number three, the word. Number number four is what I would call no matter what obedience. You are particularly susceptible to spiritual war, demonic oppression, et cetera, if they know they can catch you up, so hmm. let's just say I'm watching Amanda and I'm a demon. I don't know, make up a demon name for me. What would it be? Okay, that's
0: terrible. Yeah. Okay. Don't do
1: that.
0: <laughs> if I choose any yes. name, it's the wrong name because okay, somebody yeah, out somebody. there has that
1: name. Wigglewort.
0: <laughs> and somebody's yeah. gonna be
1: old. I'm, I'm Wigglewort the Demon. I just made okay. that up. There's okay. sort of like C.S. Lewis uh, uh, screw tape letters, okay. like whatever. Yep. Wigglewort. And so I'm all I'm like, I see that Amanda is really flippant when it comes to alcohol. Mm-hmm. I have an idea. I think. I think I can manipulate the situation. Mm. And if you have a sometimes obedience mindset, you're Mm. just, you're open fodder. Interesting. But a no matter what obedience mindset is very different. Like what's he going to do?
0: It's difficult for him to get a foothold.
1: You can get a foothold when someone's like, it doesn't matter what. Absolutely
0: not. Yep. The Mm. word says this, I'm not doing it.
1: Yeah. It's interesting because this is why we put so much emphasis on whatever the word says we do it, whether it makes sense or not. Yep. Because that just principle of no matter what obedience it's is just sort of like clue to the to the demonic realm. <laughs> he got nothing with Amanda. Wugelworth's mm. trying his best, but Amanda's <laughs> yeah. like, yep, no matter what obedience, you know, and she's got the spirit and she's got the word and she's praying like crazy. And mm. again, so, and then finally, number five is is peaceful relationships. Mm. Uh, there's a handful of scriptures that I could point to in this, but I'll pick one. in uh, Ephesians 4, 25 to 29 has to do with really relational dynamics inside the body of Christ. But there's this one little part of it where Paul says, don't let the sun... Go down on your anger and give the devil a foothold.
0: Mm.
1: Hmm. So I would go work. Amanda goes to bed with Miguel and they're fighting.
0: An angry heart. An
1: angry heart. Mm-hmm. And he goes, hmm. I could do something with that. Yeah. And
0: I could I, make this go a day longer and a day longer and yeah. a day longer.
1: And then I can weaponize it. Mm. And a month later, I can I can bring that back to mind. And I could be like Amanda. Remember when Miguel did that thing? Mm. Like Miguel. Remember when you did that thing? Yep. Not that that's ever happened, but <laughs> hypothetically, <laughs> never, happened. never. Uh, and so, peaceful relationships, short accounts, quick apologies is whole thing that goes into like people being peaceful with each other. Yeah, uh, is just a huge, huge, just limiter to what the devil can do in your life. Hmm. So I'm more speaking not just a demon, but I'm now I'm talking like okay, if you're a Christian. Well, now they're going to be subtle attacks and lies and oppression and manipulations and schemes and all the other things, temptation, temptations, you know, and all the different avenues of attacks. Here's what's interesting. When we think attack, we're thinking, I'm going to come punch you in the face, right? If you're a believer, he can't do that to you, but he can trick you in the mind. He can manipulate your relationships, right? Yeah. You
0: can start compromising and start compromising and start compromising to the point where you're not noticing it, but he knows Mm -hmm. that you're making decisions that you normally wouldn't
1: make. Yep. So number one, the spirit, trust in Christ. Number two, the prayer. Um, Number three, the word. Number four, no matter what obedience. Number five, peaceful relationships. Man, you are insulated at that point.
0: I love that assurance. And I'm just so thankful that Mm -hmm. we can think about these tools and be like, next time I feel like I'm under attack. I'm going to go there and I'm going to reflect on my life. I'm going to reflect on my choices and see where my weak points are. Yep. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor Michael. Next time we're going to be answering the question, what specific behaviors leave me vulnerable to spiritual attack?